Danielle, and welcome to A is for Agrimony Coffee Stained Notes on Witchcraft. I am Margot every time, and a blessed in bulk to you if you are celebrating. Could be today, could be tomorrow, this weekend, next week, or not at all. Either way, a blessed celebration to you, uh, or if not, happy February, as yesterday was the first day of the new month. I posted a reminder over on the gram uh, and the book to blow some cinnamon into your main entryway to unlock extra prosperity and in February's case, some love magic into your life this month. And actually, while inside one of my uh, Instagram holes recently, I saw a post uh, and I wish I could remember it and give credit to the poster, but my brain doesn't brain like that. But it basically explained that Valentine's Day should be during Taurus season because it's such a Taurus-ish holiday. Um, I guess I can see that when you factor in the chocolate. Um, I don't know. I've never been much of a Valentine's Day person, so I know there's obviously more to it than chocolate, but I guess I get it. The love and sensuality of the holiday, but I don't know. I'm not... I'm not big on pink hearts and swoony lovey-dovey stuff. I'm not that, never really been that kind of person at all, um, at least outside of my 20s, um, where at some point my my Pisces Venus died. Um, but I wonder if any Tauruses listening have an opinion on that. Um, but you know what holiday does usually fall into Taurus season is Earth Day. Yes. I love me some Earth Day. Um, Taurus, as an Earth sign... As you know, um, as much as we love luxury and comfort, we also love us some nature. So Earth Day for the win. That was a rant that went nowhere fast. So let's talk about what holiday or celebration is happening right now. And that is Imbolc, the halfway point between winter solstice and the spring equinox, if you're in the northern hemisphere, and Lunasa, the halfway point between the summer solstice and the autumn equinox, if you're in the southern hemisphere. We're going to also be taking a crash course on the four elements today, since we discussed the four suits of the tarot, which are heavily influenced by their corresponding elements in the last Fortune and Flora episode. I thought it was only natural to discuss the elements and how they play a major role or energetically influence, well, everything, but including our magic for this week. Well, not for this week, like all of our magic. We're talking about it this week. You know what I mean. But first, Imbolc. So Imbolc, also known as St. Bridget's Day, is a Celtic festival that observes the first signs of the coming of spring. It is traditionally celebrated on February 1st or 2nd, halfway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox, and is one of the four Gallic seasonal festivals, along with Beltane, Lunasa, and Samhain. Imbolc is a time when the first signs of spring emerge. Uh, You may evoke images of snowdrops peeking out from patches of snow, or possibly even early daffodils, birds starting to become more present, and animals, particularly herd animals, beginning to lactate as they're bodies prepare for new offspring in the spring. In fact, the first milk was of major importance for agricultural peoples who observed and or celebrated this time of year. The word imbolc is believed to have originated from the old Irish word imbolg, I-M-B-O-L-G, which means in the belly of the mother. 
This likely refers to the pregnancy of ewes, as this was a time of year that was associated with the onset of lambing season and the increasing presence of milk. The term oimilk, spelled O-I-M-E-L-C, also means ewes milk. And it was a time of anticipation for the renewal of life in nature, because the seeds of spring are also beginning to stir in the belly of Mother Earth. And this is also a time for purification, renewal, and the welcoming of the increasing light and warmth. So though most of us can't really relate to agricultural life, we can imagine what it might be like to rely so heavily on the food you've grown and raised to get through the winter, and how seeing the first signs of life and the first milk starting to come in could absolutely be a cause for celebration. And as we think further on the seeds stirring in the belly of the mother, mother earth that is, we might also think in terms of the seeds that we might plant and begin to nurture in our own lives, and how through focused energy and some real world effort, we could make them start to blossom into something beautiful come spring, something strong and ripe for the taking come summer, and something to harvest, enjoy, and look upon with pride come harvest season. So, some common customs and activities associated with Imbolc include lighting candles or fires to represent the returning sun, making Bridget's crosses, which are woven from reeds or straw, and performing rituals to symbolize the cleansing of the home and the land. In some traditions, it's also a time for feasting and sharing food. I celebrate every holiday, celebration, or special occasion with feasting and sharing food. That might actually be my love language. And while Imbolc has pagan roots, it has been adopted and incorporated into various modern spiritual and religious practices, including Wicca and other contemporary pagan and neo-pagan traditions. So, the roots. Imbolc's ancient roots can be traced back to Celtic and Gaelic traditions in pre-Christian times. It is one of the cross-quarter days, as we've covered, falling midway between winter solstice and spring equinox. And also, it was an integral part of the agricultural and pastoral calendar, marking the early signs of spring and the approach of warmer, more fertile seasons. Imbolc is often associated with the Celtic goddess Brigid, who has both pagan and Christian significance. In pre-Christian times, she was often considered a deity of fire, healing, fertility, and inspiration. She was also a triple goddess associated with poetry, smithcraft, and healing, and representing three different aspects, the poet, the healer, and the smith. Imbolc was considered a festival dedicated to her, celebrating her role in the awakening of the earth from the winter slumber, as well as her role as a hearth goddess, having some dominion over the home and domestic activities. Remember, Imbolc is a time when people are still spending most of their days indoors and out of the cold, warming by the hearth, but also thinking about the coming spring, or cleaning and preparing the home for it. One of the key symbols of Imbolc is the sacred fire associated with Brigid. In mythology, it is said that a perpetual flame burned in her honor at Kildare in Ireland, and priestesses tended to this flame, and it was considered a symbol of inspiration, healing, and protection. Another common tradition, the lighting of fires, during Imbolc symbolized the increasing power of the sun and its transformative effects on the land. People would engage in various rituals and activities to honor Brigid and seek her blessings for fertility, protection, and inspiration. 
Over time, some of these traditions have been adopted and incorporated into modern celebrations of Imbolc, particularly in modern pagan and Wiccan-influenced practices. And Imbolc has evolved over time, and its observance has undergone changes as cultural, religious, and societal shifts occurred between the ancient Celts and now. As we've covered, Imbolc has ancient roots in Celtic and Gallic traditions linked to the seasonal cycles of agricultural practices, like celebrating the first signs of spring and the approaching end of winter. But eventually, with the spread of Christianity, some pagan festivals, including Imbolc, were adapted or incorporated into Christian traditions. Imbolc became associated with St. Brigid, who was considered the patron saint of Ireland and shared similarities with the pagan goddess Brigid. Most will agree she is, in fact, the pagan goddess repurposed as a Christian saint in order to ease the transition from paganism to Catholicism. And St. Brigid's feast day falls on February 1st. The now saints association with Imbolc is evident in the customs and rituals that have persisted through centuries. And over time, Imbolc has been marked by various folk traditions, customs, and superstitions. In some regions, people engaged in rituals to ensure a successful agricultural season, such as weather divination based on the behavior of animals. I just remembered, (laughs) I just remembered that when I was young, we would go driving through, I called it farmland. There's farms all over South Jersey. Um, and my parents would toss my sister and I in the back of the car and we would go for a drive because we would just love to go see cows and horses and uh, whatnot. There's llamas and alpacas and emus out there. It's crazy. <laughs> but I remember my dad saying that when the cows were laying down, it was going to rain. And I have no idea where that came from and I didn't have time to look it up because it just came to me now. Um, but I wonder if it was something of the sort, um, weather divination based on animal behavior. I just realized that I actually, uh, experienced that when I was a kid. (laughs) Okay. So Bridget's crosses woven from reeds or straw also became a common symbol during this time, representing protection and blessings. Now, in the 20th century, there was a revival of interest in pagan and nature-based spiritual practices. Wicca, a modern pagan religion, incorporated Imbolc into its Wheel of the Year, celebrating the festival as a time of purification, inspiration, and new beginnings. Neo-pagans often perform rituals, light candles, and honor the goddess Brigid during this time. Today, Imbolc is celebrated in various ways by different individuals and spiritual communities. Some people continue to observe traditional customs, while others adapt the festival to suit their modern lifestyles. The focus on themes such as renewal, creativity, and the coming of spring remains central to many Imbolc celebrations. And it has gained recognition far beyond its Celtic and Wiccan origins. People from diverse cultural backgrounds may incorporate aspects of Imbolc into their own celebrations of the changing seasons, fostering a broader appreciation for nature-based traditions. On the other hand, there are many completely separate and unique celebrations occurring at this same time all over the world and throughout many different cultures. While the specific customs and cultural context may vary, the underlying themes often include the end of winter, the return of warmth and light, and the anticipation of growth and fertility in spring. Now, I can never name them all, but here are just a few examples. Candlemas. 
celebrated on February 2nd. Candlemas is a Christian holiday that marks the presentation of Jesus at the temple and the purification of the Virgin Mary. It is also associated with the blessing of candles, and the custom of lighting candles and the themes of purification are reminiscent of Imbolc. The Setsuban is a Japanese festival celebrated around February 3rd or 4th, which marks the end of winter and the arrival of spring. And one common ritual involves the throwing of roasted soybeans to drive away evil spirits and invite good fortune. The act of cleansing and purifying the home is another major theme. Bridget's Day. Um, in Ireland, February 1st is also celebrated as St. Bridget's Day, honoring both the Celtic goddess Bridget and St. Bridget. This day is marked by rituals, including the weaving of Bridget's crosses, which are similar to the traditions associated with Imbolc. Li Chun, or the Chinese New Year, is celebrated based on the lunar calendar, usually falling between January 21st and February 20th, and it marks the end of winter and the beginning of spring. Traditions include cleaning homes to sweep away bad luck and making offerings for good fortune. Celebrated in March, Holi is a Hindu festival known as the Festival of Colors. It signifies the victory of good over evil and the arrival of spring. Participants celebrate by throwing colored powders and water at each other, symbolizing the vibrancy and joy of spring. These holidays, while diverse in their culture and religious context, often share common themes of purification, renewal, and the anticipation of better times with the arrival of spring. So, Imbolc has evolved from its ancient agricultural and pagan roots, incorporating Christian elements, surviving through folk traditions, and experiencing a revival in modern pagan and eclectic spiritual practices but has held on to its central themes of renewal, light, and the anticipation of spring, which continues to resonate with individuals seeking connections to nature and the cycles of the seasons, while also drawing further connections between these cycles and the cycles of our own personal evolution. So let's talk common traditions, elements, and foods for Imbolc before we move on. As we've established, we have lighting fires and candles. Fire is a central symbol of Imbolg representing the returning warmth and the increasing power of the sun. Lighting candles and fires during ritual is common. Also, Bridget's crosses. Woven crosses made from reeds or straw are often placed in homes for protection and as symbols of blessings. Purification rituals. Imbolg is a time for purification and cleansing. People may engage in rituals to cleanse their homes and lives, symbolizing the transition from winter to spring. Altar and home decorations. Altars and homes are often adorned with symbols of the season, such as candles, representations of Bridget, colors like white, yellow, and green, and early spring flowers like snowdrops. I, I read a really interesting article recently that puzzled together that snowdrops might have been the sacred herb referred to as moly in Homer's Odyssey, which was given to Odysseus by Hermes to help him stay impervious to the goddess witch Circe's transformation magic. Um, I'm going to have to talk about that soon. Maybe work snowdrop into fortune and flora. It was very cool. Okay, back to traditions and customs. <laughs> Seeds and planting. Uh, Imbolc is linked to the early stages of agricultural activity. Some people symbolically plant seeds or plan their gardens, expressing hope 
for the coming growing season. Uh, we may plant seeds of intention as well. Just as the earth is preparing for the growth of new life, magical practitioners may use Imbolg as a time to plant symbolic seeds of intention for the coming year. And this could involve setting goals, making plans, or expressing desires for personal and spiritual growth. If you're a member of the Patreon, you may recall that last month's monthly spell was a seed of intention spell. Remember to water your seeds, by the way. You should have a seedling soon. Um, And this past month was the Bridget's Fire Purification spell. So if you want to get in on that, hop on over to patreon.com slash A is for agrimony to check it out. I keep getting distracted and digressing. Okay, feasting, my favorite. Sharing a meal with family and friends is a common tradition. Foods associated with Imbolg include dairy, such as milk, cheese, and butter, and may be included in Imbolg feasts, as well as bread and grains, such as barley, oats, and wheat, which are commonly incorporated into meals, and seasonal vegetables, symbolizing the return of abundance. Also, you can't go wrong with anything that is in season in your region. Uh, Spices like cinnamon and ginger may also be used in dishes to add warmth and flavor, reflecting the increasing warmth of the season. Honey is associated with the sweetness of life and is sometimes used in Imbolg recipes. It symbolizes the promise of abundance in the coming season. And blackberries are sacred to Brigid, and the leaves and berries are used to attract prosperity and healing. The bushes are also quite protective as well. Okay, we have fertility magic. Imbolc is associated with fertility, not only in the agricultural sense, but also in terms of creativity and inspiration. Practitioners may seek Bridget's blessings for increased creativity and inspiration in their lives. And that brings us to poetry and creativity. Imbolc is a time for inspiration and creativity. Writing poetry, making art, and engaging in creative activities are common ways to honor the spirit of the season, as well as the goddess, Brigid, if you work with her. Remember, specific traditions and foods can vary among different individuals, families, and spiritual traditions. Some may choose to create their own rituals and dishes based on personal preferences and beliefs, and that is wonderful. Okay, that is all I got on in bulk, so let's talk about the elements Probably one of the key factors, contributors, presences, energies, forces in magic, and maybe something I should have talked about long ago, but here we are. In witchcraft and magic, the four natural elements, earth, air, fire, and water, are fundamental forces that make up, well, everything, and are often used symbolically and energetically. These elements represent different aspects of nature, energy, and the human experience all coming together to make up all things. Each element is associated with specific qualities, characteristics, and correspondences, and they're often invoked in rituals, spells, and other magical workings. Let's explore them a bit, starting with earth. The qualities of earth are stability grounding, foundation, fertility, and the material aspects of life. When we ground ourselves, we are typically grounding to earth, though some of us can more easily ground to another element. It is the supportive and nurturing nature of the earth element, 
as well as our Mother Earth, that allows us to easily tap in and either receive energy or release excess energy, gain calm and steady and center ourselves. Correspondences to Earth include rocks and minerals, soil, salt, plants, trees, forests, mountains, caves, and our physical bodies. The direction for Earth is north. The season is winter. And one commonly used symbol is the upside-down triangle with a line through it. Some of the magical tools that you may have and work with that are associated with Earth include the pentacle, salt, stones or crystals, and herbs. And the commonly associated elemental spirit for Earth is the gnome. And Earth rules over the areas of physical manifestation, the physical realm, materialization, and tangible results, stability, uh, stability as well as strength and endurance and providing a solid foundation, growth and fertility, as well as agriculture and the cycles of growth and the harvest, practicality, it is connected to practical matters, grounding energy into the present moment, as well as the areas of finances, prosperity, abundance, and also charity. And finally, the healing of the physical body. The principle of earth is to be silent. Mountain and dust, footstep and stone, earth, I call thee hence. Let's move on to air. The qualities of air are intellect, communication, thought, inspiration, and freedom. Correspondences include incense, feathers, birds, clouds, the wind, and our breath. When we stand in the wind and let it blow through us and we feel refreshed, invigorated, and inspired by it, we are connecting to the power of the air element. The direction for air is east. The season is spring. I think of the word fresh and how it relates to both air and the season of spring. And one commonly used symbol for the air element is the right side up triangle with a line through it. Some magical tools that you may have and use that are connected to the element of air include the athame, the censer or the incense holder, as well as incense itself smoke being tied to the air element, as well as feathers and bells. When we sound clear our space, we are doing so with the assistance of the air element. And the commonly associated elemental spirit for air is the sylph. And air rules over areas of intellect and communication. Air is associated with the mind, intellect, and clear communication. Inspiration, as in ideas and the power of thought, freedom, movement, and the ability to adapt and change. The breath of life, air symbolizes the breath of life and the exchange of energy. It moves within us and out of us as we breathe and connect to the element. And finally, the healing of the mind. The principle of air is to know. Breath and cloud, sound and song, air, I call to thee. Okay, fire. Now the qualities of fire include transformation, passion, energy, 
willpower, and creative energy. Correspondences are candles, flames, sunlight, volcanic rocks, lava, and in some cases our blood, as well as our passion. The direction for fire is south, and the season is summer. And the commonly associated symbol for fire is the right-side-up triangle. Magical tools that you may have and use associated with fire include the wand, candles. Uh, Some practitioners keep a red candle on their altars to represent fire. Some do not. And any source of fire that you may use, like matches or a lighter. When we warm ourselves by and gaze into a fire, we are connecting to the element of fire. Or when we let our passions ignite and inspire us into creating something new or taking a bold step in our lives, we are assisted by fire. And when we burn away what no longer serves, we are purifying with fire because fire cleanses just as much as it destroys. The commonly associated spirit of the fire element is the salamander or the dragon. And fire rules over transformation, both destructive and creative, passion and energy, as well as our force of will and our impulses, as well as our desires. Creativity. Fire is associated with creativity, inspiration, and the spark of ideas, as is air in this case. So they work together quite a bit in areas of inspiration and creativity. And willpower. The strength of will and determination. Our raw power comes from our inner fire and we connect through our sheer strength of will. And finally, the healing of the soul. The principle of fire is to will. Lightning and hearth, heart and forge, fire I call to thee. And finally, we come to water. The qualities of water include emotions, intuition, and psychic ability, healing, purification, fluidity, and dreams. Correspondences include seashells, rivers, rain, lakes, cups, oceans, and the water within our bodies. And the direction is west. The season is autumn. And the commonly associated symbol is the upside-down triangle. Some magical tools that you may have and or use that correspond to water are the chalice, the goblet or cup, the cauldron, seashells, and water, of course. (laughs) And when we are overcome with emotion and when we let ourselves have a good cleansing and restorative cry, or when we linger in the shower or the bath just to allow ourselves to be soothed and refreshed by it, we are deeply connecting with the element of water. The commonly associated spirit of water is the undine, also referred to sometimes as the mermaid. And water rules over emotions. Water is connected to emotions and intuition and the subconscious mind. Purification, again, symbolizing cleansing and the flow of energy. Fluidity, Water represents adaptability, flexibility, and the ability to go with the flow in situational life as well as in our inner landscape of feelings and emotions. Healing is as it is associated with healing energy and the soothing power of emotions, intuition, and dreams. Water is a receptor for messages from our higher self as well as the spirit world 
And these messages can flow to us in the form of intuition or psychic ability, as well as in our dreams. So we also connect to the element of water when we dream. And finally, the healing of the heart and the emotional self. And the principle of water is to dare. Ocean and river, ripple and rain, water, I call thee hence. Let's talk about these principles, to know, to will, to dare, and to be silent. I think people mention them, but not a whole lot of people go through the process of explaining them. So to know, to will, to dare, and to be silent is a phrase that is associated with the principles of magic and occultism. Uh, These principles are often attributed to the influential occultist Aleister Crawley, who personal feelings aside, played a significant role in the development of modern occult philosophy and practices. So here's a brief explanation. To know, this principle emphasizes the importance of knowledge and understanding. It suggests that before engaging in any magical or occult work, one should strive to acquire a deep understanding of the forces at play, the rituals or practices involved, and the consequences of one's actions. Knowledge is considered a fundamental tool for a practitioner, and it involves both theoretical and practical wisdom. We can easily draw the connection to air here. To will. The second principle pertains to the willpower and intention of the practitioner. It suggests that to effectively practice magic or engage in occult rituals, one must have a strong and focused will. This involves the ability to concentrate, visualize and direct one's intentions with clarity and purpose. And the power of will is seen as a driving force behind successful magical workings. Fire, right? (laughs) Right. To dare. This principle encourages courage and boldness in magical pursuits. It suggests that practitioners should be willing to step outside of their comfort zones, take risks and confront challenges fearlessly. Daring implies a willingness to push boundaries and explore the unknown, even if it involves facing personal fears or societal taboos. It underscores the idea that true magicians are not afraid to embrace the unconventional. And the connection to water here is less simple, but as daring involves tapping into the depths of one's emotions, facing fears, and embracing the unknown, Water symbolizes the fluid and adaptable nature required to take bold actions and navigate through challenges. And finally, to be silent. The final principle stresses the importance of discretion and secrecy. It suggests that once a magical working is completed or a goal is achieved, it is often best to keep silent about it. This silence serves multiple purposes, including preserving the mystical and sacred nature of the work, avoiding potential interference from external forces, and preventing negative consequences that might arise from discussing or boasting about one's magical endeavors. Earth. As Earth is linked to stability, secrecy, and uninterrupted material manifestation. So these principles have been adopted by many systems of magical practice and spirituality, giving an even wider berth to the understanding and the experience of the energies of the four elements and how they can be called upon and applied to magic as well as life itself. 
Okay, so some other associations with the four elements include the four quadrants. As I said, they also represent directions, earth in the north, air in the east, fire in the south, and water in the west. And mind you, this is one understanding that practitioners follow and the one that I myself follow, uh, but they, they may be different with different practitioners. And in some traditions, the four elements being associated with these specific quadrants are called upon to help in the creation of the magic circle for ritual work or spell casting. These are sometimes referred to as watchtowers, powers, energies, or spirits. They are all these things, and they make up all things. Choose what you feel most connected to if you feel connected to casting circles at all. But the circle is often seen as a sacred and protected space, and incorporating the elements helps create a balanced and harmonious environment for ritual work. This is done in a number of ways, and it's up to each practitioner to decide what they prefer or what resonates with them the most. Some walking the perimeter of the circle clockwise, and some staying stationary while calling the circle around them. Some beginning with air in the east because the sun rises in the east, and some beginning with earth in the north because they feel that that is a more natural starting point. All must visualize or feel the corresponding energy become active in each direction. And most agree that the elements are protective energies that contribute to the overall integrity and potency of the circle. The four elements represent different qualities and energies, and by incorporating them, practitioners seek to create a balanced and harmonious magical space. Earth provides stability, air offers mental clarity, fire brings inspiration and energy, and water contributes emotional and intuitive elements. In doing all this, should you choose to do it, you are creating a sacred space suitable for magical workings and interactions with the divine a dynamic and charged environment conducive to magical operations and energy manipulation, which can also provide protection from unwanted influences and a container for magical power to later be released. And it's the creation of a space that is in alignment with nature's forces, fostering a deeper connection with the cycles of the earth. I'm making a pretty good argument for casting circles, but mind you, even I only do it some of the time. I enjoy the process, and I can definitely feel the difference from when I do or don't. But sometimes I just need to work a spell out, lickety-split. Or I may be working with something that I don't want to contain in any way. Just be sure you're doing it because you want to, and it feels right. Okay, and then we have the pentagram, the last association that I'm going to talk about, which will bring us to spirit as well. The pentagram is a symbol often used in witchcraft, with each point representing one of the elements along with spirit. Connecting and balancing the other four elements together, they form a connection that represents our connection to nature, the cosmos, and all things, including the spirit realm. It can also be a powerfully protective symbol for this reason, typically enclosed with a circle to make a pentacle. Now, the concept of spirit as the fifth element is common in many spiritual and magical traditions. This element serves as a unifying force that connects and harmonizes the four traditional elements, earth, air, fire, and water. Now, here's a quick explanation for that and how it relates to 
the other elements. Spirit is often associated with the divine, the transcendent, and the interconnectedness of all things. It represents the essence of life, consciousness, and the unseen unifying force that permeates the universe. It is within us. And if you're an animist like me, you believe it is in all things. So if air, water, fire, and earth makes up the house, spirit is what makes it warm and bright inside. Spirit doesn't have a specific physical representation as it basically transcends the material world. It is sometimes symbolized um, by an upward pointing pentagram with a single point at the top representing spirit over the four material elements, which can be unified, balanced, and connected by a circle when it is made into a pentacle. Spirit is considered the element that binds together and balances the energies of earth, air, fire, and water. It is the source of life and consciousness that animates and enlivens the material world. And untethered by corporeal bodies or objects, it is all pervading in the spirit realm. In magic, we can connect with spirit, and this can be divinity, um, the grand creator spirit or the universe, the spirits of ancestors or guides, the spirits of plant, mineral, or animal allies, or our own higher self through invocation. In rituals and spellwork, practitioners may invoke the energy of spirit to bring a sense of unity, balance, and uh, divine connection to their practices through meditation and prayer. Connecting with the fifth element often involves practices such as these, seeking a deeper understanding of the divine and one's own spiritual nature or sacred space. When casting a circle or creating sacred spaces, practitioners may call upon spirit to be present, invoking the divine energy to guide and protect. The inclusion of spirit emphasizes the importance of balancing the energies of the four elements. It reminds practitioners that true magic involves not only working with the tangible aspects of earth, air, fire, and water, but also acknowledging the spiritual dimensions that underlie and connect all things. The concept of the fifth element as spirit is found in various mystical traditions, including Western esotericism, um, neo-pagan practices, and hermeticism. While different cultures and traditions may have variations in their interpretations, the overarching theme is the recognition of a spiritual force that transcends and unifies the material elements, contributing to a holistic and interconnected understanding of the cosmos. And working with the four elements is a way for practitioners to connect with the natural world, harness specific energies, and create a balanced and harmonious practice. These correspondences and associations can vary among different traditions and individual practitioners, but as they are the stuff of the natural world, they are available to and within all of us. Okay, so before I let you go, I have a ritual practice slash meditational journal prompt um, for connecting to the four elements. You can skip this if you've already if you're already well connected, <laughs> if you're a made witch. But otherwise, this could help you open up to the different energies of each element. Here's your elemental connection strengthening ritual. All right, you're going to need a quiet and comfortable space where you won't be disturbed for a little while. 
uh, an altar or a sacred space set up with representations of each element. So for earth, you're going to get a small dish of salt or some stones or some soil. For air, you can use incense or a feather. For fire, a candle. And for water, a small bowl or cup of water. Uh, you're also going to need a journal or some paper and a pen. And some comfortable clothing because you might be sitting for a little while. Any additional items or symbols that resonate with the elements for you, have at it. So what you're going to do is begin by finding that quiet and comfortable space and ensure that you won't be disturbed during your ritual. Set up your altar and sacred space with the representations of the four elements. Um, arrange them in any way that feels balanced to you. You don't need to get out your compass and make sure that they're all in their proper directions. Just do what feels right in the moment. Before you begin, you want to do a little grounding exercise. Take a few moments to ground yourself, um, stand or sit comfortably, and focus on your breath. Inhale deeply, feeling your connection to the earth, and exhale, releasing any tension that you might feel in your body. And when you feel ready, you're going to invoke the elements. You can start with any element that you want. For this example, I'm just going to start with earth. And you can start and say, Elements of earth, stable and firm, I invite your grounding energy to be present in this space. May I be connected to the stability and strength you provide. Next, you will focus on your representation of air and say, Elements of air, clear and free, I invite your intellectual and communicative energy into this space. May my thoughts be inspired and my words be true. Now focus on your representation of fire, your candle, and say, element of fire, passionate and transformative. I invite your fiery energy into this space. May I be filled with the spark of creativity and willpower. And finally, turn to your representation of water, saying, element of water, fluid and intuitive. I invite your emotional and intuitive energy into this space. May I flow with the currents of life and be guided by my inner wisdom. Now you're going to sit and close your eyes and take a few more deep breaths and visualize as, as well as you can each element surrounding you one at a time. Feel the qualities of each element merging with your being and with your spirit body. Spend a few minutes with each element or spend however much time feels right experiencing each element's energy and the connection. When you're finished, you'll pull out your journal or your paper and write down your thoughts and feelings about each element. Consider how you can incorporate the qualities of earth, air, fire, and water into your daily life. Write about that. When you're completely done, you'll express your gratitude. Uh, you can stand or stay seated um, in your sacred space and facing your representations of the elements, express your gratitude for their presence and energy and acknowledge the connection that you've strengthened. And when you're ready to close, say, I thank the elements for their presence and blessings. May their energies continue to guide and inspire me. So mote it be.
And when you're done, you might want to do a little bit more grounding. So take a few moments to ground yourself once again. Feel the connection between your feet or your spine and the earth beneath you and release any excess energy into the ground. If you've used any tools or symbols, you can leave them on your altar as a reminder of your connection to the elements or put them away, whatever. But just remember to perform this ritual with a focused and open heart. Uh, As you strengthen your connection to the elements, be mindful of the subtle energies and influences that they may bring into your life. And feel free to adapt that ritual to suit your personal beliefs or preferences. Okay. (laughs) And that is all that I have for you today. So please be well and have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. If you like what you've been hearing, please drop me a review wherever you're listening. If you'd like some more content, please go to aisforagrimony.com, where you can find my blog, episode archive, spells and rituals, the living grimoire, and soon to come, the coven shop. You can follow me on Instagram at a underscore is underscore for underscore agrimony, that's an underscore in between each word, over on threads under the same exact handle, or you can like my Facebook page at facebook.com slash A is for agrimony. Want to contact me? Shoot an email to reachmargo at A is for agrimony.com. And if you're interested in some exclusive bonus content, you can join the community over on Patreon at patreon.com slash A is for Agrimony, where I share early release unedited video format episodes, weekly collective card readings, monthly spells, occasional bonus content, and more to come. Again, thank you for listening, be well, and have an amazing weekend. The inclusion of spirit emphasizes the importance of balancing the energies of the four elements. What the fuck was that? That was so loud. I wonder if it's going to be loud for you guys too. Let's start that over. The inclusion of spirit emphasizes the importance of 